0: Hey folks, welcome back to the Ubuntu Security Podcast for another year. I know it's been a bit longer than I expected at the end of last year till, yeah, we kick things off again for 2023, but we are back. Uh, I'm back in the driving seat and I'm going to include a lot of cool content, I hope, this year. In particular, going to have some upcoming interviews with uh, other team members uh, to get some more input from them. It'd uh, be great to hear some other voices on here other than just my own. But yeah, what we are going to kick off this year with is uh, a look at the recently announced Ubuntu Pro General Availability. And I know we have talked about that in some previous episodes, but it is great to cover that one again. Uh, it's something the security team has been working on for a very long time behind the scenes and we do think really adds great value uh, to everyone's systems out there. So yeah, check that out in a bit. But before then, uh, given it has been so long, I won't do the entire roundup of security fixes that have gone into Ubuntu Over the past two months basically but we will look at uh, some more interesting vulnerabilities there Uh, yeah it has actually been 212 cves that were patched by the team so that's a huge amount thanks everyone for cranking on those so one of the first ones i wanted to take a look at was for git Uh, a couple different cves were fixed here and these are for uh, all the way back to 604 extended security maintenance plus 1804 2004 2204 long-term support and uh, 2210 the kinetic kudu the current uh, interim release Uh, In this case, uh, both of these were actually integer overflow vulnerabilities. Git being written in C is, you know, obviously um, vulnerable to this sort of issue. Uh, The first one, uh, integer overflow when parsing really long paths that might be specified in a git attributes file. Uh, This is the kind of thing that could be in a git repo that you clone and then git would go and parse it, uh, you know, when doing certain operations. However, uh, when it's normally parsed, uh, the actual, the parsing of that is done in like 2K chunks. And so it's actually very hard um, or you actually can't trigger this vulnerability in that case but if the file is in uh, either the working tree or the index or both depending on which of those combinations it can then be passed through other git operations and you could potentially uh, trigger this. It's kind of thing that could then lead uh, to kind of arbitrary heap writes or reads, therefore possible remote code execution. If you are using untrusted repos with untrusted Git attribute files, you are a bit safer. The other one, uh, similar integer overflow, but when using crafted format specifiers, this is the kind of thing uh, that you would specify, say with Git log with a different format attribute so that you could maybe output, I don't know, color or maybe uh, the author name or date or all various other sorts of things that you might do in that. And it's actually, it's pretty common uh, that people will go hmm you know i want a nicer git log thing or do you really like a git log that is just like a one line per thing you know they'll google that they'll go find something from stack overflow paste that in their git config file and off they go they don't really know what's in there and so i was thinking actually this would be a pretty interesting one to kind of attack you know could you uh, i don't know obviously put um malicious stuff up on stack overflow you need to get upvoted but then i thought uh stack overflow that's pretty old now the hot new thing is chat gpt could you possibly poison uh, chat GPT with, uh malicious content such that if someone asked it you know what is a uh, nice git format for a single line output it would go and regurgitate that for you so yeah an interesting thing to think about i guess in this future of ai generated content and you know is it parsing its own stuff that's generating or other things that are fed into it and training back on that yeah really interesting to think about but hey i digress uh, the other one I wanted to look at uh, was a vulnerability in sudo. So this is also a couple CVEs fixed here. Uh, the most interesting of those was in uh, the sudo edit utility or when you run sudo with the dash E uh, flag. And this is designed so that you can um, launch your own specified editor, whatever that might be. It actually runs it um, you know, unprivileged, but to edit say some root owned file or otherwise. Um, normally yeah, in, in a default configuration uh, in say Ubuntu, you know, with sudo edit you can edit any file owned by root but maybe uh, you've locked your system administrator has locked down sudo edits so that say you can only access particular files and this vulnerability actually allowed you to bypass that. So in this case, uh, sudo will know which editor to launch via a few different environment variables, either sudo underscore editor or visual or editor. You've probably set one of those to probably something like Vim or Emacs or you know maybe VS code, I don't know. Um, and so then you can you know, get, uh, when sudo is editing this file, you can get it to say run in your nice, spec- nicely specified editor in your usual environment and nice and cool. But uh, you could actually uh, craft that to then launch with other arbitrary file names as well. So you could imagine in the normal case where you are able to pseudo edit any file that doesn't really matter but maybe like I said your sysadmin has locked it down so that uh, as a I don't know maybe you're a database administrator and so you're only able to uh, pseudo edit uh, the uh, Postgres configuration. In that case you know they would have special, special directives for that in the uh, pseudos file uh, and then in this case you're able to bypass that by using a crafted uh, editor uh, by saying editor with say vim when then dash dash etc password and you can then edit the etc password file as well so off you go so yeah that has been fixed as well if you are using uh, i guess sudo in these more lockdown modes you're a bit safer now Uh, the other vulnerability that i wanted to look at and mention briefly and i do want to only do it briefly because yeah this will be covered in some more detail by actually some other members of the team in an upcoming episode Um, but this was in the editor config core C uh, package. Uh, now editor config is uh, I guess a package for kind of doing for what um, configuration for say formatting and things like that for code as to what uh, Microsoft language server protocol did for things like uh, IntelliSense and the like. So back in the day you know if you were using um, Vim and you wanted to don't uh, know, navigate to the definition of a function you would probably generate a tags file with c tags and then off you would go you could use that to do that. But hey, now maybe you're using Emacs and uh, you need to actually use, you know, it's ETags thing for that or maybe GNU Global or something like that to do it. And, you know, there's lots of, each editor would have its own, you know, special way of doing, uh, say, lookup for definition of functions. With the language server protocol, they introduced them the ability for these backends that would uh, understand this and there would be a nice simple interface to that, uh, you know, piping JSON into these things and getting it back. And you could have a nice protocol for doing that and each editor wouldn't have to, you know, reinvent the wheel on that. And that is what EditorConfig Core does for, or things like formatting and the like. So you can specify things like indentation level and other stylistic type attributes and your editor, whether that's Vim or maybe Emacs or VS Code or I don't know, uh, what else? PyCharm or um, hmm, Sublime Text, who knows? Maybe maybe all of these support it, maybe they don't. But the idea is that they could all use this editor config to parse this and therefore know, you know, from a single um, definition what they should be using for say indentation or other sorts of attributes as well. Uh, this has recently been integrated into the Gnome text editor, which has replaced Gedit as the default text editor in Ubuntu now. And so uh, as part of that process, the uh, security team was doing an audit of that. Uh, in this case, uh, Mark Osler did the security audit and he was started fuzzing some bits of that that looked kind of scary, where they were parsing things with regexes and the like, found a few different crashes. And then actually one of our other uh, security team members, David Fernandez Gonzalez, picked that up and was able to uh, look deeper at those crashes and actually turn one into uh, a heap buffer overflow and then was able to identify input to that that he could use to jump to an arbitrary location and therefore get code execution out of that. So yeah, that was really cool. Um, yeah, so th- this has been fixed for uh, editor config Core going all the way back to 64 Extended Security Maintenance plus all the releases since, but yeah, wait till hopefully next week's episode. Uh, David and Mark are going to be chatting with Camilla about that uh, recording an uh, awesome interview. Uh, I've had a bit of a sneak peek at that, so yeah, I think that will land next week with any luck you get to hear the real inside detail of that so look out for that one. Then the last thing I wanted to cover for security updates was an update for OpenSSL, Uh, this is for uh, some of our older releases. Uh, In this case the most interesting uh, issue in this was type confusion in the handling of x509 uh, certificates. In this case it was parsing of the x400 address, Uh, it would parse that as a string uh, which you know it is but other parts of the code would assume that it was a uh, simple type as a result it wouldn't uh, compare that properly when it was doing certain comparisons therefore certain sort of mem compare checks and the like uh, could potentially be bypassed if you can obviously craft a string uh, that would uh, bypass certain things there. Uh, as a result then uh, that's actually used when doing certificate revocation list processing and the like uh, but what it would really lead to is the ability to potentially read arbitrary memory contents or the like or potentially crash the application obviously if you can make it read you know outside of the mapped memory. So uh, you know when you, we hear things like read arbitrary memory in the context of OpenSSL we think things like Heartbleed uh, well, thankfully, isn't another Heartbleed. Uh, it's nowhere near as easy uh, to exploit like that, and it certainly doesn't give you the same control over what memory you can read as Heartbleed did. But you know, it is still an issue. So that has been patched uh, for uh, a lot of our releases. That is uh, eight for long term support, twenty four long term support, twenty for long term support, support, and twenty two ten. Um, yeah, and that is it for uh, you know the past month or so in security updates that I chose to cover in this week's episode. All right. So like I mentioned at the start, the other thing that I wanted to cover this week was the recent announcement of Ubuntu Pro going into general availability. Uh, This was covered by the Ubuntu blog. Uh, It's also been covered by a bunch of news outlets like uh, OMG Ubuntu and the like. I've got some links to some of those in the show notes if you want to go check it out. So yeah, in late January, Canonical announced the general availability of Ubuntu Pro. Uh, this is the kind of thing you would have seen actually if you were running apt update in the command line now, you would see things like uh, extra, some extra output there saying the following security updates require Ubuntu Pro with ESM apps enabled. And then it might list, I don't know, say an update for Python 2.7, 2.7 as we can see uh, back in twenty uh, 2004 long-term support or the Focal Flosser, you will see that at the moment. Uh, the you know too long didn't read of this is that the security team is now patching various vulnerabilities in packages that are in the universe component of the Ubuntu archive. So traditionally, the uh, security team has supported main, and we still will keep doing that, obviously, and that is supported for the long-term support period of a release. And then previously, we had uh, extended security maintenance that would then extend the support for main uh, for another five years. And now with the uh, release of Ubuntu Pro, that rolls in that but it expands our security maintenance. So it's not extended security maintenance anymore. It is expanded security maintenance to also include things in universe. And not only does it cover it for uh, the five years of the LTS period, but it will also cover it for the five years of what we call the ESM period. So with Ubuntu Pro, with both uh, what is called the ESM Infra component, which gives you those five years uh, beyond the LTS period, plus now the ESM Apps component, which gives you patches for things in-universe both during the LTS period and the five-year post-LTS period as well, you can get uh, 10 years of security support for things both in main and universe, which is really cool. Um, it It is also free for personal use uh, on up to five machines. That is also really cool too. Or if you're an Ubuntu member, an official Ubuntu member, you get it free on up to 50 machines. So you can go nuts there. Um, For commercial organizations, there's a 30-day free trial that you can enroll in as well. And actually pricing for this is, I think, reasonably modest as well. So yeah, certainly something uh, to check out. If you haven't, uh, lots of cool security fixes have been building up in the pipeline for this. Uh, The security team has been working on this for well, years really um, in the making, but certainly been doing security fixes for for at least the past year. Um, So there's a lot of cool stuff there already uh, that you have available to you if you are enrolled in that. Uh, It's very simple to enroll. You go to ubuntu.com slash pro, uh, you sign in with your single sign-on account uh, through uh, Ubuntu 1, and then uh, you can get your free token. Uh, You then use the pro command on the uh, command line, pro enable, uh, and you put the uh, token in there, and then you can turn on the various uh, things like, ESM apps and the like so yeah um if you haven't turned it on i really suggest you do i have to say the security team is doing a lot of work to patch a heap of stuff there now and yeah there's a lot of good uh things that you know you may have installed from universe without maybe being um aware of that you can now get security updates for which is awesome Okay. Yeah. So um, if you want to know more about that, we actually did a deep dive into that when it was announced as a beta with uh, the product manager for that, Lex Andecki, uh back in episode 180. I've got a link to that in the show notes as well. If you want to go check that out too. All right. Uh, so the other thing that I wanted to do was the usual roundup of positions that we are hiring for. Uh, so Canonical is hiring for a CISO, a Chief Information Security Officer. So if you basically want to come and define how security is done, particularly from an operational sense for Canonical and securing all our infrastructure and, you know, telling all our security engineers what to do, yeah, check that one out. Uh, that is obviously uh, like a lot of our positions. Uh, we're looking globally across the whole world for that and is a remote position as well. Uh, we're also looking for a couple of different product managers. So a product marketing manager for security as a whole, as well as a product manager for the security certifications work. So that is for things like CIS, FIPS, FedRAMP, and the like. You know, if you know about those, but you want to be a product manager for it, uh, yeah, check that one out. Uh, We're also looking for uh, Ubuntu security managers. So if you want to come and you know directly manage some of us security engineers, uh, we actually have multiple focus areas that uh, you know depending on I guess what your skills are relevant to, you may be able to be uh, looking at. So things like the security maintenance team, so that's uh, CVE and vulnerability patching and the like, the security technology team, which is managing things like the development of AppArmor and I don't know secure boot in Ubuntu and uh, cryptography and things like that, or uh, maybe you're into security and certifications and uh, you compliance and so managing things like the fips cis and other work as well Uh, speaking of that if you're more of an engineering bent and you still love security certifications we've got an open position for a linux cryptography and security engineer that is doing that kind of certifications work and finally we are still always looking for uh, general ubuntu security engineers as well so i've got a link to that one in the show notes as well so if you want to come and help make your favorite linux distribution more secure yeah check out any of those uh, links if they apply to you we would love to have you join our team all right, so that takes us to the end of this first episode for 2023. Thanks, everyone, for uh, coming back on this ride with me for another year. I will be back again with you next week. Uh, until then, though, if you can always email the team at Uh We also hang out in the Ubuntu Security channel on libera.chat, uh, the IRC network. Yep, we are old school like that. Uh, and we're also, though, on Mastodon at Ubuntu Security at fostodon.org, too. Yeah, we're still on Twitter, but yeah, it doesn't really get used much anymore. All right, uh, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, keep calm because we've got your back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.